2: luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. My guests today are a pair of Aussie twin brothers, who are pioneering the concept of wilderness on demand and inviting stressed-out office workers, just like me, to get out of the city and experience the bush through their accommodation startup. that's called Unyoked. Chris and Cameron Grant build and design mobile off-the-grid cabins in unique locations no more than two hours from major cities around Australia. The whole idea is to help people stuck in the nine-to-five cycle switch off, slow down, and spend a night or two in the wilderness. Chris and Cam were both working corporate jobs and craving the escape of the outdoors, so they left their corporate careers and founded Unyoke in 2017. Inspired by the free-spirited nature of Yosemite in the 70s and Byron Bay in the 80s, their tiny solar-powered and mostly phone-signal-free cabins are located on previously inaccessible locations, and their philosophy is that disconnecting with modern stresses and going back to simplicity is the perfect way to recharge and create balance, something that many of us need this year in particular. And Matthew McConaughey clearly agrees because he jumped on board to design a cabin with Unyoked just last year. 2020 proved to be a challenging year for their business. First with the bushfires and floods, which they had to closely monitor for their properties. And then of course, through COVID-19 when the Victorian cabins have been completely non-operational. So I wanna ask Chris and Cam how this year has made their offering more relevant than ever with people longing to get away, disconnect and unplug and escape to nature and how they're working with a captive travel market who, at the moment, can't go overseas and are now looking more than ever to explore their own backyard. So let's get into it. Cam and Chris Grant, welcome to The Mentor. Thanks
2: for having
0: us. got twins. Yep. Twins, yeah. Who's the oldest? I'm the oldest, Chris. That's Chris. Chris, yep. by how much? By three minutes. Three minutes. And, uh, I mean, I, I know you listeners out there, you probably can't see these two guys, a they sort of look like twins, but uh, well, they definitely look like brothers. But they they're definitely not identical. But it's cool that uh, two brothers, and probably more importantly, twins, are in business together. That's pretty cool.
2: It is, yeah. We've uh, we've always really worked together in some capacity from from when we were doing doing paper runs at age seven to working at the movies through high school yeah. to working in you know, a uh, call center roles through uni and. We did split up a while there and Cam, was, Cam went over to Madrid and, and I, I was in Singapore for a part, but then we came back to, to build this business together. Can I just go
0: back a little bit? Uh, mm. I mean, you, you come across to me as a couple of um sort of pretty cool, chilled guys. Like you're not your – um. I know uh, Cam was a banker at one stage. Yep. Yeah. In a past life. But... Doesn't look like one now, but uh, <laughs> but you, you come across as pretty sort of chilled blokes uh, – you know, like most people would be looking at you and thinking, yourself, wow, what a great life. You know, this is the, the dream life. Uh, working with my brother, doing this sort of cool stuff that you're doing. We'll talk about that a bit later. But if I could just go back to when you're a couple of young blokes, I don't know how good your memory is, but uh, how far back do you guys remember? Say, Cam, how far can you remember back hanging out with your brother?
3: Uh, I guess back to kindergarten or before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were always, I mean, always pretty close. Like we moved around a whole bunch as kids. So our dad um, got, worked for Carlton United Breweries and got promoted as we grew up. So we were born in Darwin and then we moved to Melbourne, then Sydney, then Perth, then Melbourne, then Sydney. So wow. we've actually got a younger sister, but she's, what, four years younger. So mm-hmm. growing up, that's, that's a big gap. That's a big gap. Yeah. Whereas Chris and I went to a school, mum always made sure that she put us in different classes. So we weren't the twins. Is that right? Is yeah. That- had our separate identities but we'd always basically bring two groups of friends together and just have this big group of friends and but we'd always have each other I guess moving around
0: I've always sort of been curious about twins I mean I've got a younger brother and a younger sister but they're significantly younger than me the sister's eight years younger my brother's six years younger so I, to some extent I mean I grew up on my own because like as you say like when I'm six and he's zero that's a big difference. When I'm twelve and he's six, that's a big difference, um, you know. And uh, but I didn't sort of have that sort of uh, early relationship. And I guess uh, you know when you're really little and you're both there with each other, you know, you probably slept in the same room, bunks or something like that, or opposite each other. Your you, you know, mum got everyone ready at the same time. You ate at the same time. You just like did everything at the same time. You might have been in separate classes, but were you really aware of the fact that you're both
3: that you were twins, or was that a thing in your head? Did you ever compete with each other? Uh, not not so much. because We ended up actually doing complementary stuff. Like in, we were swimmers, for example. Like I did backstroke. Chris did breaststroke. <laughs> Chris, Chris did short distance freestyle. I did long distance freestyle. And then like we played a lot of sport. But like water polo, we'd play opposing wings. And um, rugby, we'd play. I was backs. He was forwards. Yeah, so um, water polo is it's a great game to watch. I mean, it's a tough game. I mean, guys <laughs>
0: rip each other. My brother played water polo um, and my, all my – uh, sons play water polo, and his sons play water polo. In fact, they formed a water polo team at one stage. The <laughs> number of blues I saw my brother get in, out, out of the pool. Mm-hmm. was ridiculous. I mean, no, you wouldn't put it, think that about water polo. It's like a bit of like a gentlemanly game. But uh, tell me, well, I mean, what I, I guess what I want to know is uh, you're in business together now, so you can't compete with each other. But oh, I just automatically <laughs> assume that you would have been competitive. I mean, like, what was the big influence on you two growing up? Like, was it mum or dad? or you know, Who was it that got you sort of? be so close or kept you so close. I mean, that, that's that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think both of our parents are, are, are you know, great influences on, on our life and there was definitely some, some careful manoeuvring by them to, to, to make sure that, you know, like, like Cam said, we were in different classes or different sports teams, you know, we, we did have our own friends. It friend. sounds like
0: you complimented. you. you yeah. complement each other now yeah. mm. and we'll talk about that in a moment, but it seems like someone placed the chess players on the chessboard very, very carefully Sort of mm. maybe hoping you would complement each other as opposed to anything else. I mean, complement each other is, in other words, be there for each other in an emotional sense, but mm. be there for each other in a skill sense. Yeah. So, I mean, you did, uh, you you did breaststroke, you did backstroke, yeah. uh, you did distance. He did short short in freestyle. We'll talk a little bit later about how you complement each other in business. Mm. But did mum or dad, or do you think that collectively they sort of sat down and strategically said, okay? We have got these two kids here. Um, I'm not. By the way, I'm not forgetting about your younger sister. But let's just look at you, moment. We got these two boys here. Um, you know, when they're down the track, nothing may happen. Something may happen. But why don't we sort of make sure that they do complement each other? Do you think it was it a, a something that they decided at the time, or do you think it was something that just emerged because you're nat born naturally with different skills or yeah. naturally different characteristics?
3: Well, that's it's yeah, nature and nurture always comes down to and, yeah, yeah, and like. There's probably elements of both. Like, yeah. I think definitely nature. We have, we have two, like, complementary personalities at some You recognise that now? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and growing up as well, I think, as well. So how would you best describe yourself, Cam? Uh, I'm probably a bit more of, like, a, a watcher and, like, a little bit more quiet and think about things. Observer. Observer, whereas Chris has always been a bit more, like, out, outgoing and stuff like that, yeah. And would
0: you agree with him, Chris?
3: Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. I think we're both we're both on the the
2: watcher side to the to the you know hard extrovert side. But um, but yes, yeah. I think looking at both of us, that's well. And if if yeah. you,
0: you being a someone who participates in the conversation or the energy that's going on, yeah. As opposed to, um, Cam who sort of sits back and watches. I mean, let's just go and talk when you play football, yeah. for example. Um. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that uh, you were amongst it all the time and he was waiting for his opportunities?
2: Yes, actually. I think I I would often be in there and I'd look for him because I know where he'd be and I'd get it to you and then you'd score. (laughs) <laughs> so you set him up. Yeah. So you 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 wrestled him in the mud and yeah. then you just flicked it up him. He went down the sideline. Yeah. We we had a great <laughs> a great it, sort you, of. Is that, is, do you agree with that?
3: Sometimes I think. Yeah.
2: <laughs> do, do you remember our move in Waterpolo? We we would start the game like this every time because I I would have the position where I swam out for the ball when it when yeah, it got so thrown at the start. Quicker for yourself. Right? Yeah. And so I would swim out past to Cam. Cam would know that I'd be down in this corner. He'd pass back to me. Then he'd be back in the middle. Then he'd score. And it happened every time every game.
0: Yeah, so you, you sort of that's sort of interesting. You you knew each other's uh, you know your tactics. Yeah, how you would react tactically. Yeah, that wasn't. A, did you you didn't sit down and work that out? Did you? No. Strategically? No. no. You, no you just knew. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. Came, and it was an instinctive thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just and and do you think your parents knew that?
3: Uh, I don't know. I think they they raised us to sort of be our own people, and like that was probably from early on, like. Mum separating us and not making us the. That's very strategic, and, by the way. And mm. yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess we've never really thought about. it a lot of other
0: parents, I mean, I've I haven't I, I haven't now experienced twins, but I've seen other people. They dress them the same. They put everything's yeah. the same. It's around around yeah. other way. A lot of other parents say, "Oh, we've got twins. They're all going to do everything the same. They're going to exactly, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah blah." And you two now look at you. You look like twins to me. But now, but prior, to, you know, like prior to that, you actually came in as two individuals too. But I, I can mm. see there's something the same. I mean, this all leads to somewhere. By the way, you probably everyone probably thinks we're talking a whole lot of horseshit here. But I mean, what, what, what's interesting is the fact that you two guys eventually did come together into business, and yeah, and you obviously do complement each other in the way you do business. And I want to talk about the way you do business. Mm. But all these things come back to mm. start from some beginning. They have a beginning, you know. And I'm trying to establish where are the beginnings of what you do, because there's a lot of people in business mm. who go and want to go into business, want to be a startup. Or want to copy you, with, oh wow, these guys done something cool. Mm. And copying is about ha- having a better understanding of yourself and who you are and who who's your best compliment and who's your worst compliment and where your skill sets are and what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and how do you play these strengths and train your weaknesses. Because they're left fundamentals about being good in business, particularly when it comes to doing a startup or coming up with a new idea. And you guys obviously are born lucky in that, you know, like your your business partners but you're sort of partners for life in some respects. You came out at the same time. Um, And you're you're like the – you epitomised to me the example of recognising my strengths and weaknesses and how do I get things complemented. And this starts – goes right back to, you know, when you were were being sent to school. And as you said, your mum put you in different classes.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: And as you're saying to me, Chris, Cam knew that if you took off in the water polo game when the ball was thrown up and you would sprint against the other guy on the other side – um, you you were backing yourself to get there quicker than the other bloke on the other side, and you were going to flick it over to your brother, who's going to be you know, maybe to your left if you're on the right wing. Mm-hmm. You flick it over to him on the left, yep. and he and he knew that you were going to be further ahead, so he could flick it back over to to his right. Yeah, I mean that that's how business is.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point you make that there are there are tenets of successful businesses that you can trace all the way back to childhood, totally. and, and and there are skills that you draw on that that come from from that far back. Um, and definitely with Cam and I, there there are things like that.
0: you always got to look at what your strengths and weaknesses are. I have people will say, I want to get into business, but they haven't got a clue what they're good at and what they're shit at. Mm. You know, the, and i mean, I like, got a brother um, who's in business, business with me, and I often say, um, you know, I cut his mm. um And I have a look at my own four sons, and I look at the different types of businesses they're in, and I, I can trace right back. I, I'm not surprised what they're doing now, because I can trace right back to when they're little kids. Yep. these strengths and weaknesses that they have and they've actually somehow you just ended up falling into the right spot. Um, and if you're going to be good at business, you've got to be able to recognise, most importantly, your weaknesses because you've got to complement that. My weakness is I'm hopeless at the detail. My brother's strength is he's unbelievably good at the detail. Yep. Who do I trust most? My brother. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if I put it to you, probably the most trustworthy person in business, anyway, I would say is probably each other. Yeah, definitely. You know, you can rely on him. (laughs) Exactly. You know his weaknesses, and you know what's going to happen if he gets put under put under intense pressure, Mm -hmm. and you know how to backfill. You know, that's that's important. Exactly. I've always been in partnership with people. So people say, oh, well, you know, I do it on my own, but I I like to be in partnership with somebody because I am acutely aware of my weaknesses. So anyone out there listening, to be successful in business, in my view. You need a partner or you need a, a person is in your business who you know is going to be there for the long term. Yeah. This is the perfect partnership I'm looking at right here. I mean, from my point of view, my brother's a perfect partner. Yeah. But this is even more perfect because, you know, like literally you're three minutes apart. But you two know everything about each other. You know where you went to school together. You know who your friends were. You know what you ate. You slept in the same room. You know, you probably interchange clothes. You know, like... Yeah. Hopefully not girlfriends, but <laughs> no. you know got, you got the same mates. <laughs> we no don't like, look close uh, enough. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't close enough. No, no, D- we're, we're, different taste there. We don't so, look close yeah. enough. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to,
2: to be able to the switcheroo. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: so when you finished school, what happened? What
3: was the course of action for each of you but Going back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, um, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I, characteristically, just covered my bases and um, did, enrolled into a science and art double degree. At University of Sydney, and then dropped the science part after like a semester, and just went surfing and finished the rest of the, the rest of the degree. Then transferred into international relations, and then after that, at Sydney, yeah, at Sydney. So finished that. Um, knew I wanted to go traveling around, but also wanted to do something that I guess laid a bit of framework for the for the future. So I arranged an internship at um, the Australian Embassy at Madrid, and basically emailed all the embassies in Europe and said, "Hey, are you guys doing internships?" And a lot of them didn't answer. Some said, no, whittled it down. Spain said, yep, if you speak Spanish. So then I went and did a Spanish. You speak, oh, you don't speak Spanish. Well, I do now, but I, yeah. I did a Spanish course, quickly passed the test, went over there. Before you got there. Yeah. You can say, yeah, I do speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. That was it. <laughs> but that that's and, sort uh, of
0: fairly, sh- shows a fair bit of initiative. Yeah. And then after how did you
3: end up in banking then? Uh, yeah. So I'd never call myself a banker. But uh, I, uh, then I was doing some stuff with Austrade over at the embassy, so yeah. like market entry strategies and things like that, and sort of got interested in that aspect of business because I never thought I'd do like classical business. I, I wanted to do diplomacy or something like that because I was always interested in history and then looking at multiple systems and how things work. Um, but then that got me interested in strategy so then I went back to University of Sydney because I still didn't know what I really wanted to do. So more uni was the answer, as with lots of people. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so more weeks. Yep. yep. Yep, there's a big debt there. <laughs> so I did a Master's of um, Strategy at Sydney Uni, um, got into a in industry placement program at Combank, and then sort of hopped and skipped my way around to the Strategy Department, and and that's where I was there for the last few years. Right. And then what about you, Chris?
2: I, I took a year off first. I also didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I, I toyed with a number of different courses and, and paths and sort of looked at architecture closely or it, and wanted something with a creative angle, but in the end settled for a business degree because it was broad. That's a long way from architecture. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I went with marketing finance in the end. Um, uh, the marketing still had a bit of a creative angle to it, which which I liked, uh, but I deferred it and and went traveling and and then I uh, came back to to Sydney and uh, I moved through my course, but slowly I, I did part-time and I, I worked a, a sales role in a call center at the same time. And then from from there, I moved to Woolworths and I, I joined the sort of corporate side of Woolworths, Woolworths Liquor, and um, worked in digital marketing there and then came to a point where I'd, where I'd had enough of working for a big company uh, with the bureaucracy and and so then decided to move to the startup world where i could get a little bit more exposure to how to build a business and 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 to to people creating things from the ground floor when you say you started world well, do you mean you went you went to a did you have a startup or did you went in to work for people who look after startups? I, I went to work for a, a business that gave me a bit of exposure on two sides. It was a fast growth startup itself. The company was called General Assembly and they, they were out of New York and they were an ed tech company. Um, and so they, they were an alternative post-grad education, teaching short form skills-based courses um, in emerging fields like digital marketing and coding and data science and areas like that. Because it was a fast growth startup, I, I got to sort of t- to live and breathe it and, and, and see how a company was built while I was expanding internationally quickly. but also uh, their business model was to really cement themselves in the startup hub of the city that they were building. Um, so there was a lot of talks on on by, by entrepreneurs and founders on on how to start this and how to do that. So you know I, I sucked all, all of that up uh, while I was there and and then um, they asked me to move to Singapore to help uh, grow the new market over there. So I, I shipped over to Singapore and, and, and spent a little bit of time there building the business there, and um and then you know had had to quit to come back and work on Anjekt. So like, uh, <laughs> okay, so that, that's
0: pretty interesting to me, um from both of your points of view, mm-hmm. because Bishop and I know we an, landed, um and how important is being in Singapore, or is it being in Europe, or is it traveling, mm-hmm. and how important is it for you two, Cam? Having lived in another place, the exposure to new ideas and new concepts, yep. and from my point of view, at least being inspired, yeah. you know oh, that doesn't exist back home. Yeah. How important is that? Yeah, because there's so many people up there with great ideas, and just by sheer numbers, you're going to see more stuff. How important was that to you two guys?
3: Super important. You didn't know it at the time, I, I guess. No, no, like quickly afterwards. But it's about um, it's about having wider perspective. I think because especially like I moved to Madrid by myself. And was living in a house with, like, eight Spanish people forced to speak Spanish and had these kind of two lives, like embassy life during the day and then Spanish, like, generally partying, but social yeah, life yeah, at yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. But that, you know, it forces you to open your mind. You sort of can't fall back on the, I guess, the security of back home and your usual behaviours and ways, so it does open
0: Which can up. actually hold you back to some extent, being yeah. at home like that. Yeah, like, yeah. going through that process, go to school, finish HSC, I'm off to the university doing a law degree. Mm-hmm. You know, studying, doing well, getting yeah. high distinctions, blah, blah, blah. And now what I'm going to do, I go and work for a law firm and I get into that process in mm-hmm. terms of, um, you know, working my way up the firm to one day become a partner, but I'm working, you know, 80 hours a week. Mm. And then by the time I'm 40, I think, hang on, look at these two guys. What, what, what's happened to my life? I mean, that, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but I'm just pointing mm-hmm. it out to the people listening to the show. Yeah. There are different ways to get to startup world. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, because a lot of guys, that, that was me. At 40, I started up a business called Wizard, okay? Because mm. yeah. I said, about oh, I've got a lot of experience. I know how to do this. I'm going to have a crack. Um, I wish I had done it much earlier. Um, but I was in t- 20 years, I was in a system. I was systemized. Mm-hmm. I was institutionalized. Yeah. And the whole time, my own personality is that I didn't really want to be there. Yep. But, you know, yep. we're going back a long time ago. There was – people didn't do that sort of stuff. They didn't yep. do what you did mm. or what you guys do today. But still, I had to go through the system and the whole time I was wanting to break out. The whole time. It was very frustrating for me.
2: Yeah,
0: There's different ways to get to where you're going to get to, but it's interesting. Like travel to me was one of the greatest advantages of working in the firm that I work for because they used to send me around the world. I used to, have to do stuff. I, 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 had okay. a, I was a banking guy, so mm-hmm. I had to go around looking at banking transactions around the world. And as a result, of that I got to get on aeroplane, an and then I, which in itself was cool, and then I got to stay in hotels, which yep. is in, in the, <laughs> like which like was completely different to me, yeah. and meet people, and see, I just saw things. Yeah, I think the people exactly. parts are a big part of it. It, yeah, it really helps you understand people, so, wow, people look at this as well. Guy. Yeah. Girl, look what they're doing. Yeah, how important is that for you? Like that 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 process, that um, available ideas, and how did that land you to making this decision to um, set up what you've set up this new business? Did you see one of these little small places, these little um, little joints that you guys build?
2: We did. We we, we saw something um, in like there had been a start of what people were calling a, a movement in the US where where people were downsizing and, and, and moving away from. Oh, just just curiosity, and I was actively looking for our, our idea to to build something. Yeah, so. Did you have an idea? Let's build little joints. No, no. So I, I, I had a blank canvas and I was just looking for a idea, you know, and, and this happened to answer some problems that, that Cam and I were facing ourselves. What were the problems? Essentially similar to you, we, we'd found ourselves in these roles that didn't feel like we were, we were meant for them. And, and it was having an effect on, on us personally and mentally. We, we were in, in the office way too much. We were on a computer way too much. And we weren't living our lives how we used to, which was spending a lot of time outdoors. So we wanted to get outdoors more, but easily and we knew that that would help uh, help alleviate some of the other problems that, that we were feeling. Let's explain a little bit, like explore
0: it,
3: dig into a little bit. What were you feeling? Yeah, it it was less about what was there, what we're feeling, is more about what was missing, and that's like coming back to the travel aspect. That's it was that that we we're trying to recreate. Like we'd you know had the freedom of growing up in Perth. It's exactly what you mentioned. Yeah. You know, we grew up like riding our bikes in, you know, year three down the main road to, to school for like half an hour, you wouldn't St. George Terrace. Oh yeah. Oh no. Princess road. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, not, not, no, no <laughs> not, not in the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't hear it that over here. And like, nah, it no, just, totally. it's just more hectic, less free. Like you're more, uh, there's conventions you have to follow. And like when we all throughout uni and early work, you know, we'd go traveling for three months a year at the end of the year during uni break, or even go overseas twice. And those trips would be the ones where you'd leave your phone and your wallet at home and you just go and you'd have nothing to do you'd have totally open mind you just wouldn't have to live by anyone else's expectations and then gradually as we were working like me in the bank definitely didn't fit my hair wasn't this long but it it was a bit longer and walking around there and like you know there's rules that people i guess they're not real rules it's just things that are done because they're done that way yeah yeah and, and that sort of started uh, i guess banking up and then we had less ability to go overseas or to get out of the city and really Feel that sort of freedom and that perspective. So, did you express it to your brother? Did you ever sort of
0: sit and say, "This is, I got to, we got to change something. Let's do it now." When did that light just come
2: on and say, "That's what we're going to do"? It was it was pretty simple, wasn't it? I I, I saw something online, sort of, and and sent through uh, loose concept, and Cam's like, "Yep, that will work." And I was like, "Yes, that's awesome." Well, what would you see online? Some one of, those one cabins, of these right? one of these mobile cabins, yeah, and yeah. and I was like, "Hey, you know, this the, at the time they weren't in Australia." I um, mean, you know, no one knew what they were. I mean, it's- Did you go looking for it though? Were you looking for one of these mobile cabins or were you just reading shit and
0: you just- oh, I was looking cool. for an, I- an idea, to be honest. But there's not a place called greatideas.com. I mean, like- I mean, <laughs> No. Got,
2: I was on all the sort of uh, the, the US tech blogs, all of the crowdfunding platforms, all of the, so late, the latest latest news. Exactly. I, I,
0: curiosity I was, yeah. drags you into those places. Yeah. So is the lesson, be curious? definitely
3: yeah and and listen to that that itch that needs scratching yeah, yeah, cuz yeah. that cuz it was it was a light bulb when it came there but we weren't sort of you know we weren't i guess looking for the light bulb necessarily like there wasn't I guess there wasn't a moment where we we're like, "Yep, yeah, let's do it." We just kind of blinked, and suddenly we were building cabins. Do <laughs> so, You know, you um, remind me, remind me of D'Artagnan out of the, uh, you know, like with the moustaches. Mar- <laughs> <what> he <laughs> <continue. laughs> He's got the moustache
0: going on. Like, does, people yeah. can't see it because it's an audience, but he, he, <laughs> do you, Cam looks like D'Artagnan with the moustache. I like it. It. He, he, it, was you it. Like that? Yes, yes. <laughs> it It's a could product. You named D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but, yeah. but like, just because I think this is important, for people listening. So, the, I mean, the point here is this: Cam said, "There's an itch. There's yeah. something I've got to do. I've got to make a change." And the point that Chris is sort of making, and, and Cam is too, but, well, I did something about it. So I did something. You, if you're going to do something about it, do something that's relevant. Be curious. Have an open book for everything. Yep. I mean, you weren't particularly looking for accommodation alternatives, but you just happened to come across something, and that just sparked your interest. Exactly. And then you flicked it over your brother. Mm-hmm. Because I think you've got, you've got to test these things. I mean, everyone has these great ideas, but there's, you've got to try it on somebody else who you trust. I mean, it might be your mum, your dad, your brother, your sister, your best friend. It could be some sort of mentor. I mean, whatever. But, you know, you've got to flick it over and say, what do you think of this? Or, yep. And you've got to be prepared for to say, that is shit. It mm-hmm. doesn't work. Well, that's cool because then it needs energy. Yep. Exactly. It, it, and your energy sometimes won't be enough, but yep. when his energy's down, your energy's up hopefully or vice versa or together even more powerful if both energies are up. Yeah. But if you want to do a start acknowledge the itch, do the research. Be curious. Have someone to bounce it off, and make sure that there's energy in the room.
2: Yeah, because you need someone to bounce off who can help you construct it. Exactly. And we uh, we shared it with what, maybe our twelve closest friends um, originally early on, and I'd I'd seen it working in in the startup community a lot, where people had kept their ideas guarded, and and they were afraid of of rejection. And nothing happens. And nothing happens. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. no one's going to steal it. There's a lot of effort required to yeah, take that idea into a into a creation. So. Yeah, it definitely tells tell me that's important. You know.
0: that, 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 that's a really important point, Chris. And I made this a lot. I made this point a lot. If you've got a good idea, prosecute the shit out of it. Get out there and tell because you sort of get committed the more you talk about it. By the way, you've yeah, got yeah. to actually deliver. Okay. But prosecute <laughs> the shit out of it. Yeah. Um. And if if you're getting some reflected energy and enthusiasm from people you're telling about it, that's sort of a bit of an affirmation for you. That'll actually drive you a bit further. Yeah. By the way, if you prosecute the shit out of it and everybody you tell says that this is a rubbish idea. That could be a signal too that you're not on the right game, but if you're getting the right sort of right sort of vibes, you're onto something, and that just gives you a bit of energy to go to the next step. Because you know, in startup world or new ideas world, and, and then to go and start, say you need energy, you need it takes a lot out of you. I mean, this is before you even turn the first sod of soil. Like you know, you know, just sort of making this thing look like it's interesting. Can I ask you? Did you keep your day jobs while you're doing this?
3: Yeah, yeah, for the first what year and a half. year and a half. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, that's another thing that's really important. Don't get so carried away by yep. an idea that you're just going to drop everything and you've got no, then you've got no cash flow. Mm-hmm. So you need to have some cash flow. So you got your hustle on the side. You're feeding off the energy of everybody else. You're feeding them energy. You're getting them excited. Have someone you trust, in your case your brother, and then you, you've you done the curious bit, then you start to do the research bit, and then you start to build up. I mean, how do you build the various layers before you say, okay, we've got something we're going to dive into here? We've got a, we've got a business.
3: I, don't, I mean, for us, it's... I don't know if there, if there was that much. Like, I mean, we did the customer research, we asked people, but we kind of almost knew that we were onto something. Well, how did you like, come to the like, name like, Unyoked? Like right away. I, mean, like, I don't
0: even
2: know what it means. What does it wasn't me. Like, tell me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool it, name, but I don't know what it means. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't uh, mean you got nothing shackling you. Exactly. Much, yeah. Yeah. A yoke connects an animal to a cart or a plow and then sort of unyoke the animals to set them free. And, and we're the animals in the city and we need to be set free. We,
0: as in, as in
2: all of us. Yeah. As in yeah. us, the people, yeah. And we, we looked at, what, 100, 200 synonyms of, of various words that meant something to us, and we wanted the, the name to be symbolic of, we'll tell the of, story. of what we're trying to do. Exactly, yeah. The name tells the story. It does. Yeah. And, and and so a lot of people don't know the word because it's a little bit archaic, but that's worked for us too because we've almost created our own verb now and pe- people use it. They say, I'm, I'm getting unyoked. Um, and we we see it online. If but, you can create language, yeah. that's, that's a killer. Yeah. It's funny, you know...
0: To some extent, unyoking yourself—in other words, getting the the thing off your shoulders—it sort of brings life back to you, and that's sort of what I thought of when I saw unyoked. Mm, You know, it's sort of unyoked is about getting rid of the thing that's been on my back, on my shoulders, and just going out and chilling out, and and just breathing, and uh, and opening my eyes, and you know, it's a bit like travel when you're stuck in the office. Yeah, you know, I just want to travel. It's a bit what Australians are experiencing right now. Yeah, where they've been stuck. Mm. And they're just desperate to get away. And it can, like the feeling is right now, I and mean, this is perfect for a business like yours, by the way. I mean, these circumstances actually help businesses like yours because people have a greater realisation. Exactly. It's time to get away. Mm-hmm. And probably importantly, you know, I'm holding this thing up here. This is called, a, i got a smart device in my hand here. I'm holding it up. This is what you want to get away from. Yes. That's the yoke. Yeah. It's not a big thing across my shoulders. It's the thing I'm holding in my palm of my hand because we become so digitally reliant. Yep. We just want to get away from it. Exactly. Right, we're going to go to the break, come back, and we're going to talk about your business. I'm back from the break, and I'm here with Chris and Cameron Grant, the, the twins. Um, their business is called Unyoked, and let's unyoke the business. Let's, uh, let's know what it's about. So let's start with the demand. Mm-hmm. as opposed to the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, what demand are you feeding? How do you find the demand? And how do you speak to the
2: demand? Uh, so-
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quincecom style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: We we started the business uh, to answer our own issue, as I mentioned before, and and so the demand for us was was that we were we were stuck in the city, we were stuck on our phone, we were getting spreadsheeted to death, we were working too spreadsheeted yeah, to I Love that. <laughs> we were working too hard for for other people, but not for ourselves. And unyoked was an answer to that, and a, you know, a, a remedy to the issues of modern life, really. And so once we we launched unyoked for our our own itch, we found that everyone else was sharing sharing, and it was actually quite a systemic problem. But what was it? Tell me what what is it? It's uh it's it's overwork. It's overstress. It's overstimulation. It's uh, pollution. Um, lack of space. Lack of clarity. Lack of deep thought. Um, instant gratification, and all, all these things that that the modern world is is throwing at us. And lack in, of in our face, lack exactly. of movement. So exactly. We're stationary. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And our brain is like that
0: too. Our brain becomes stationary. Our mm-hmm. personality becomes stationary. Yeah. I said it right at the beginning in the first way. Like for me, one of the greatest. Freedom's in my life, and the greatest um, inspirational moments for me was always traveling. Yeah, was, and I come up with so many ideas. It was crazy. And what you're saying is this is this has become a we've sort
2: of stopped, been stopped. It's become more acute these days. It, it has. It's a, it's it's a huge problem, and you, you can see it in mental health statistics and all sorts of things like that. And it, it, it's an interesting um, parallel you draw to travel because it's actually one of the things Cam and I we used to get away you know for for sort of one holiday a year to to somewhere awesome to to chiang mai or to Sumatra, or and 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 you get that tingle in the back of your neck You, you get that 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 freedom and that exploration and we wanted to try and try and bottle that somehow and give people that within reach of the cbd and so that's why we look for these awesome locations that have never been visited before. We we stick a little a little hut in, in the middle of the wilderness, and you can get there. You can get the tingle on your neck, and you can come back, and and you get a little bit of that freedom, and 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 that you shed some of that weight from from the city. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, it's it's really what we're trying to do provide that in an accessible way. Yeah, no,
0: I once watched a movie. It was it was Richard Gibson was and uh, he was a, like a traveling salesman sort of guy, and then um, he started doing talks about, and he used to have a backpack, and he used to gesture about taking everything out of the backpack and just loosening the load, so yeah. to speak. And um, I thought, yeah, we pack so much shit into our backpack, a bit of emotional shit and um, things we think we can't live without, like structure and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm always talking about structure, but at the same time, structure, you've got to be careful of. You've got to give yourself some relief from structure yeah. and you've got to become creative and or just think about shit. Yeah. And probably importantly, just breathe for a start yeah. um, and just see something different and move, you know, I don't mean move in a sense of getting up and going to the gym. That's cool. But, uh, I mean, actually move. Move away mm-hmm. to something something new. You can come back to it, yeah. but move away. So it's nearly like you to a couple of psychologists but, um, or behavioural scientists in yeah. some respects. You know, like you end up doing your science degree, Cam. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you're a behavioural <laughs> scientist now but uh, because what you're zeroed in on is the needs or the demands in a behavioural sense for all of us as I said earlier, particularly these days, and you've done it with a pretty, well, I won't undermine it when I say this word, but a simple
3: product. Yeah. Do you mind idea. explaining the product? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the um, well, I guess the, the product is the, is the overall experience, but the, yeah, the, totally. the, the element of it is the, is the cabin, yes. Yeah, so yeah. The cabin we see is it's a facilitator to living a, a better life. So instead of having the nine-to-five, and then having weekends which are filled with generally chores and then one holiday at the end of the year, we think people should tap in and tap out more often. So have a more flexible, go out, get some perspective, come back renewed, go out, recharge, come back renewed, go out, get that creativity that you're looking for, come back to the city and and be at a higher performance. give me an example of, like
0: I say I live in Sydney, um, give me an example of someone where I could go this weekend and what, Mm -hmm. what I... See, when I get to my destination, do I drive there, do I fly there? Probably yeah. do both. But what do I find? Where am I? Yeah. In so terms yeah. of the actual product itself. Yeah. And explain the experience for me.
3: So you um, you drive like with it's all within two hours of a city. Yep. So, that, and the, so whole life, the first thing is I drive there. Yep. And I'm going to be there in two hours. Yep. Great. Because we wanted people to get there on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. So it's midweek. We don't care about weekends. Yep. So this is about sort of ignoring that usual construct. Yep. But you get there, you park your car, you generally... Go down a few dirt paths and open and close a few gates. You've away a lot. large properties. Um, you park your car. It's about a two hundred meter walk um, f- through the bush from the car park. You yeah, want me to walk? Mm. Yeah, we want you to walk. We want you to put all that city shit back out of your mind.
0: What do I um, take with me? Um, what, what do you? What, what am I? Do I get a set of instructions about what I got to take with me?
3: Yep. Yeah. So basically, anything that you want to do, like we've got books and things there, but books um, or just food, really. Food. Yeah. That's, that's it. Just yeah, food. And clothes. Food. Yep. And clothes. And then you you generally walk up a hill, or you go round a bend, or you go through this bush, and then there's a cabin sitting there in a clearing. Explain the and cabin to me. What are we talking about here? So it's it's kind of it's like a minimalist cabin done kind of in the Scandinavian design. So are you, do you know the term cabin porn? Have you heard that before? No, no, no. It's um, generally yeah. It's <laughs> not, not as it's not where the mind jumps to you right <laughs> away, but. It's uh like it, is there it's, a chick waiting there for me? Or yeah. about it? <laughs> it, it's we have like, no, thought no, no, it, no, no. It, it could be a good vertical, yeah, but no. It, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's it's all, all about it. Yeah. <laughs> so go on. It's all these um, picturesque cabins, like little rustic cabins, sitting there on a mountaintop or by a stream. Do you or in own the middle cabin, of the forest? for example. I mean, do, I mean, mm-hmm. when I say do you, do you,
0: you guys own the cabin and lease the land or something like yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you so, go to the landowner and you say, "We've chosen your place. This, and we'd like to pick this little spot, and we will build." And put the cabin there. Yeah, is that how it works? It yeah. is.
2: We we search through through thousands of properties that that have applied, and 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 uh, we've got some strict criteria that, that we need to look for. And we we look for the very best properties that that give you that tingle on the neck, that that sort of feeling of awe. Um, and then we yeah we, we partner with the landowner, and we and we provide a share of the revenue to them, so they're able to monetize some non-arable areas yeah, of land. So it's and a
0: sharing, I mean, it's that t- typical, you know, modern day startup, sharing of assets type deal. Yep. Works yeah.
2: in the sharing economy, definitely, yep. So when it comes to the, the, the cabin itself, mm, I mean, is like, me. they yeah.
0: all the same or how, what does it look like? I mean, we've got a glass roof or how big is it? Is it two by two or what, what, are, we, what are we talking about?
2: So, uh, they're, they're minimal structures. Uh, they're, it's a, it's a six metre by 2.5 metre uh, cabin with a pitched roof. Uh, it's, fully off the grid so you've got your solar panels on the roof it collects rainwater. there's a composting toilet and it's mobile so we can wheel it in or out of anywhere and it's very minimal touch which is awesome so we don't need to put in any foundations or any any mains um, and it allows us to unlock all of these properties which have never been accessible to this sort of experience before uh, in terms of the look it's sort of plywood in, interior, that sort of like Scandinavian um, feel. We use sustainable natural materials and it's got everything in there that you need. It's got all, all the amenities of it. So a, the, bed's a made, on the beds made, sheets on there. beds made, sheets on there. Is there a shower? A, yep, there's a there's a great hot shower. Uh, there's a fully kitted out kitchen. We, we actually worked with some of the Three Blue Ducks guys when, when we first started and they helped us curate the kitchen to have everything that, that we need in there to, to sort of cook like a professional chef. Um, and then you've got stuff to cook on the fire outdoors, and
0: so it's an outdoor barbecue type deal. There's a there's fire a fire pit, yeah, because right. it's it's a big
2: a big part of the experience is doing things with your hands and doing things analog over digital. And yeah, doing sort of like things.
0: camping a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's 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 bringing that experience to people and like you know, a sense of achievement and you know cooking on the fire and you know we've got cassette players instead of MP3 players or or you know anything digital. Um, we've got. Uh, Hand ground coffee, um, t- so you can grind your coffee beans instead of having instant coffee, and, mm. and it's it's all about doing things with time and thought.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. and taking your time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you got you got just let me let me think this through. So, um, I turn up with my food, and change clothes, I guess. Um, and I arrive there. The sheets, towels, shower, dunny, cooking things. I know there's a fire pit out the back, at right, the front or back, wherever. Um, and, uh, let's say it's shit weather. I'm like, what am I doing?
3: Yeah. It's, I mean, there's, um, everything in there that you need and nothing that you don't. So the, the whole idea is simplifying, slowing down, getting away from all the stress. So if it's raining, actually the, um, whole design philosophy of the cabin is to bring the outside in. So it's really big windows, lots, right. lots of glass. Like that. It's made to be in the landscape, not on it. Um, so if it's a shit day, you're, you're cooking, you're enjoying coffee, you're reading, you're just looking outside to the wilderness because the whole idea is that you don't see anyone and you don't hear anyone, so right. it's you alone in the wilderness and you just contemplate things, you you think about things, you have ideas.
0: So it's short-stay too. I mean, I, I guess the idea is you go Wednesday, Thursday, or I mean, is, yeah. is that is that it works? Or is two is nights it, more or less. Two nights, yeah, two hour nights, hour. two days or whatever, the t- time takes you to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's the demand. I mean, what sort of marketing in this process I mean like I mean what what are you doing in terms of marketing? So, you know, digital marketing, I guess is what we're talking about here and, and social.
3: Uh so we, we don't really do any like paid marketing at all. So no. we've we've got a like we had zero dollar customer acquisition costs for a long time. We, luckily it's a concept that just resonates with so many people that word of mouth word of is mouth. our biggest driver. Do you allow people to use their social
0: mediums to say, Well, I'm saying this cool thing yeah. at the moment,
3: blah blah blah. I mean Instagram is a big platform for us, so we we don't do promotions but it's such a good visual way of storytelling what it's all about there's yeah little cabins because everyone's the got a different story exactly yeah right. so yeah. that's a big uh, like acquisition channel for us
0: and then obviously you got a website so yeah. people have to come out and book it's all e-commerce so people yeah. are booking through the the website yeah i presume yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we're we're not on any
3: booking platform no, no,
0: so no. we manage the whole end-to-end process ourselves yeah, and. it's great yeah. because uh, that's a punishment also they take too much
3: yeah
2: yeah and they are ruining the experience you know we 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 don't want to be a transactional accommodation company. We want to be a, a lifestyle brand, and and there's there's so many chances to have meaningful touch points along the way that one of those platforms would take out.
0: So, the, in terms of the design of the the cabin itself, what inspired you there? I mean, did you see something in you know on the top of mountain of Sweden, where they were singing the sound of music or something? I mean, what...
2: <laughs> we did a lot of research, and 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 we pulled some inspiration from Japanese minimalism and 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 cabins and uh, the Scandinavian cabins, and then also. Yeah, you know, Cam and I had, had this sort of cabin porn inspiration back and forth with each other long before we started on Yoke. So we had all sorts of pictures of, of amazing cabins around the world and, and just tried to take that romantic notion of a cabin and give you everything you need and, and somewhere that feels warm and it's just it's your home base for the landscape around it.
0: So when you say to me uh, Japanese and Scandinavian, mm. like the fusion of two is hard for me to imagine, but I think a minimalist but really functional.
3: Um, yeah, Exactly. Yeah, we're talking on the right. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's yeah, fu- functionality and minimalism, but everything kind of has a significance. Like yeah. the, there's nothing there's superfluous that's superfluous. Well, Jap- Japan is very much that way. Yeah, I mean, every stroke yeah has a
0: symbolism in the art. Mm. In terms of your design, is this um, is this something you own the IP for? I mean, is this your own design, and was it designed locally? Did you sit down with architects, or
2: how'd you do it? We we do own the design, we've got we've had a, about five iterations of of our cabins to date. So you know, we've had 7,000 st- stays or so and we've 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 received feedback from all of our guests and, and we've used that feedback to, to iterate and build and, and, yeah, and, and it's add. Right, it's probably more functionality though, like you need this or something. It is, it's customer going. experience. Yeah, bit, yeah, I mean yeah. the tap handles are too hard to
0: hold. Exactly, right? yeah. But they'd be only minor things. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. Or suggestions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah,
2: we, we do own the the IP um, but it, it's important to say for us that the cabin's not the destination it's the it's, it's, it's the landscape and the experience around yeah, it so yeah. so the cabin um is is not supposed to be a um an attraction in itself although it's although they are super cool um yeah, yeah it's it, it's not a flashy modern something it's it, it's yeah. meant to be practical
0: yeah, just tell me about the Matthew McConaughey like I, I love I reckon mean, he's a great actor tell me about the story there what's the deal
2: yeah we there's a there's a funny story around how we uh we almost missed that opportunity really we we uh we get a lot of approachment for brand deals and things from from sort of mostly banks and car companies and those sort of things, and and we try and tend away from those. And we have a folder where where our team just puts them into. And and so Matthew's team was trying to reach out to say, hey, we want to do something with you, and they were just getting flung into this folder with with, with all the cars and the banks. And I think they've been trying to reach out for six weeks. They they tried a number of methods, and in the end, their PR company in Australia. Found someone that I know on Facebook, and and he Facebooked me, and uh, and and said, "Hey, Matthew McConaughey's trying to trying to get hold of you to to work together on on building a cabin." And so yeah, it was a, a something that we nearly nearly missed out on there. Did you build a cabin with you, or what? yeah, we did. We we, we uh, he flew us over to LA first, and we, and we did some filming with him in LA, and, and then we worked together over the next five or six months, um, just via phone and video, uh, on designing a, a cabin that uh, reflected him and, and his likes. And then we, we launched that cabin together. He flew to Sydney for 24 hours and, and we launched the cabin in the, uh, the Botanic Gardens here, here in the city. It's, it, it's not there anymore, but, um, we, we, we had a great event and yeah, he's, he, he's a real champ. It's a, a, a nice guy and, uh, you know, a real, um. A so real.
3: where's that cabin now? Where, I mean, is that part of your suite of cabins? It is. Yeah. It's yeah. up uh, near Yarramalong, So about two hours North yeah. of Sydney. Yep. Yeah. Sitting on a beautiful property in a pine glade. And uh, you go there, and yeah, it's all decked out. It's like a whiskey room, essentially, like all all done in his design. We co-designed it, but then you get a bottle of his special whiskey with every stay. That's cool. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's called the Reserve. If you jump on the, the website and check it out, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll look that yeah. one up. Yeah. it was, uh, if if like interesting... a
2: bourbon whiskey. Then, um,
3: yeah, yeah, well, he does. I'm seeing him advertising. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting experience. We were sitting when they flew us over there. We we. Got, we're lucky enough to drive down with some spare time and go to Joshua Tree. Yeah. We were sitting up there watching the sun go down, climb these boulders and sort of sitting there and we're like, what What the fuck? Like, we're, <laughs> we're building a cabin with Matthew McConaughey and like, you rewind two years and we're sitting at our day jobs and having these little cabin on the side, driving down at night times and on weekends to do the work. And yeah, it's just uh, one of those random things that comes along, it's but bizarre, <laughs> it? like, it's uh, been a, yeah exciting adventure. Great part of your story though. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you've got to... You got to
0: build these things. So, um, mm. how many? How many you got rolled out now?
2: We've got seventeen live at the moment.
0: Yep. So, how do you roll them out? So, like, can you find twenty sites really easy, and you therefore you just plunk another twenty in there?
2: We can. We, we've got a backlog of seven hundred sites or so, sure. um, and, and we're working. So, with, what holds
0: you back by putting seven hundred more cabins in there?
2: So, at, at the moment, it's capital has been our really our only constraint. So, what's got. one of these things cost around about? Eighty five thousand. To build one, like well, that. yeah. but
0: that's a lot. Mm. That that's a lot of dough because it must be, it must be well appointed. Yeah, they are. That's, you know, the- 85,000 fully cocked. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. sheets, that's linen, blah, blah. The tanky, whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing ready for someone to open up and go yeah. and stay.
2: It's a little house essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But it's only, uh, what did you say, 12, 15 square meters. Yeah. 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 So that's a, that's a little house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of a little house with all the tricks. Yeah. Um, so 85,000. So it's capital intensive in that, mm-hmm. in that regard. So I presume what you do is you go and raise a dough. I mean, do people like say someone like me, do I go and invest in that one? And uh, you say, Mark, you know, you put in the eighty five thousand. Um, we'll build it. You guys will build it, and then uh, Mark will split the profits between us and the landowner. Mm.
3: Is we, that how you do it? Is that your model? We've got a few different models with, that we're tinkering with. The, yeah. the the primary one is that um, we share some equity in the whole company. Yeah. With, so you, you, you do
0: equity yeah. at the other end. So you yeah. do it at the the, the business end, like at the yeah. total, the the whole structure. So For I, I was I would say you would go and raise money. Yep. And let's say you raise a million bucks or program, say, you know, I put in 100000 That means I own a percentage of the total business. Yeah, exactly. Okay. As opposed to you saying to somebody, look, I've got a place in Byron Bay. We've got a farm we found. The, the landowner says, cool, we'll put it, you know, here's a spot. You can put one of these things.
3: Who would like to bid to fund this one? Mm. We do. Um, we have used debt in the past as well, and that's more closely aligned with what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's on a cabin basis.
0: Yeah, so you pay a return to the, the capital investor. Yeah. Like a return, like 5%, five, five, 10%, whatever it is. You just have to compete with cash. So, I mean, if the cash returns 1% or less mm. today, I mean, if you're offering 5%, it doesn't sound like a bad investment. No. There's probably no upside, but it doesn't matter. It's sort of competing. There's no capital increase because if they're just a lender. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's probably better than um, them putting their money in the bank where they're getting less than
3: 1%. Yeah, exactly. That's a, mm-hmm. one of the benefits of the economic environment right yeah, now. That, well, that... that's
0: going to stay for a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, why have you shied away from that model, uh, the, the lender model? and gone into the investment model or equity model? Mm-hmm. Is it is it because there's more people want to – is it just easier or what, what's the reasoning?
2: At the moment, we're, we're we're going two prongs. So we're actually raising some through this mode and some through that mode. And at, some through equity and some through debt. Exactly. It's right. yes. primarily just to limit our exposure to debt at this and, stage. And also, and
0: also mm-hmm. dilution. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to limit um, our dilution, of course. Yes, because
0: yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. every time someone comes in, you've got to do a valuation, you have an arm wrestle on the valuation of the whole business and then uh, you get diluted no matter what.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And
0: uh, and <laughs> depending on the on the environment, they'll they'll think that you know, investors will think that no, I'm going to get. A, I want a bigger share.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, debt will be our main our main going forward. moving forward is yeah mainly to get the operating history and I guess the the comfort that manages risks for the debt providers. Yeah, yeah, because we're you know we have been small, but. Now we've already raised a successful debt fund. We're doing another one and then we'll gradually scale up from there.
0: So we just, just get, can I get, understand the structure? And here we are talking about Andy's structure, but like, can I talk about the structure? Because, um, you know, business needs structure. I'm sure we all try and escape structure by, you know, going to unyoked, but um, business has to have a structure. Mm-hmm. And your position, you've got 17 cabins on 17 sites. You've got, you've identified a further 200 locations, um, all within two hours of a city or a town. Mm-hmm. You need to raise – what have you said? you have saying to people who you're talking to, we want to raise enough to fill out another 20 cabins. What do you say? I mean, how do you do this?
2: Yeah, we've we've worked on some key strategic horizons and then the amount of cabins that are going to get us to those horizons and yeah. then – So and, what's and, your next horizon? So you've got 17. What do you want to do
0: next? Twenty, fifty, another twenty, fifty?
2: Get us to 50 cabins. 50 cabins. Yeah, so it's another 33. you need
0: to raise enough money for another 33 cabins. That's 33 yeah. times 80-odd grand. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's the deal with the landowner? Do does, does he charge you like – a sort of a lease fee, or, do, or you just pay him a percentage, or it's like a variable cost to you, or is it a fixed cost to you?
2: It's a variable cost, in, yeah. um, which uh, goes up and down with the occupancy. Yeah, um, yeah, at the moment, we've been almost 100% occupancy since we launched, so it's been great. But yeah, it's it, it, if, if there's a dip, say when we had to do the lockdown and close the cabins in Melbourne, then the, the landowner's payment ceases as well.
0: Right, so how have you done it in Melbourne? Like, I mean, are you in Victoria now? We are, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so I guess like people couldn't travel more than 5Ks. If you're mm. in the Dandenongs um, and let's say I live in, I don't know, Melbourne, I mean, I can't go there. Have you been affected or?
2: We have, yeah. We've, we've had our, our entire um, sort of fleet of cabins in Melbourne closed during the lockdown, which, yeah, has been um, a little bit of a challenge, but it's allowed us to focus on some other things. And we've, we've gone into the properties and worked with the landowners on, you know, doing some landscaping. Because and- it's going to get mental ones open up. Oh yeah,
0: I, mean, I know it's happening in Sydney because I mean I got a property in Byron, a uh, Byron Bay. I got a farm in Byron Bay, mm. and uh, it's gone mental. Yeah, like yeah. people, you know, because I I lease that part of it out, mm. and uh, it's gone mental, absolutely yeah. mental. Um, like I've never seen it. Like I didn't have anybody there for six months, but now it's just people it's like climbing over each other. Like it's going to go crazy for you guys. I mean, you, ha, ha, where have you predominantly got all your Cabins, New South Wales or Queensland
3: or uh, Victoria. It's almost 50-50 split over New South Wales, Victoria. We've got right. a few more in um, New South Wales, and then we've got one in Queensland at the moment. But we're expanding there, and then these next round we'll go to Tasmania, to Byron, to Canberra as well. You haven't and got we'll one Byron, grow, uh, not yet.
0: Oh, mate, come
3: and look at my joint. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's funny.
0: Like the interesting thing about it is a lot of people love staying in this place because yeah. of the simplicity of it all. That's mm-hmm. what it's all
3: about. Yeah, it's, you know, it's been something that. People knew thousands of years ago. You know, there were the hermits, like literally, they disappear out to the wilderness to live in a little hut because they'd be closer to nature. They'd cut away all the bullshit, so they'd have better perspective and be able to focus on what counts. And we've just sort of forgotten about that as the cities have grown up around us and all this technology is invading and stuff. So, we're really just trying to remind people of that. There's scientifically proven benefits of getting out to the nature and sort of stepping away from it all. Stepping yeah.
0: away from stimulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And be stimulated by not being stimulated. I mean, like, it's funny exactly. all of a sudden your brain starts getting thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. sort of a different sort of process. And, and I guess what I'm saying here to you is that uh, it's about simplicity, reflection, breathing, which is sort of what you do when you go into one of, these, one of your cabins.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Unyoked is about meditation. You might not be actually formally meditating, but it is a form of meditation. Yeah, I mean, we're actually just thinking. And mind about stuff, being, uh, being aware of the fact that I'm just gr- grinding my coffee mm-hmm. instead yeah. of just, you know, going up and saying, I have a, you know espresso, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, someone else gives it to you, shoves it in front of you, and that's something I dismiss. I don't even think about it for the day. Mm. It's it's very tactile too. I mean, yeah. like mindfulness is a is a to me is a tactile thing. Yeah, you're um, your hands. We forget about down. how I'm using our hands, what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, the heat of a fire. Exactly. As opposed yeah. to the, the senses, yeah. Air conditioning. You know, like yeah. uh, <laughs> the heat of the fire. Or more importantly, even no fire, just putting a jacket on because I'm cold. Mm-hmm. Actually feeling warm because I've just done something positive. Yeah, yeah. I, I I actually love this idea. I mean, it, it's I like to live my life. I mean, mm. I mean, I'm I used to be a board rider. I mean, I, I guess to some extent I'm a cheerleader for you guys because um that's how I live my life. Mm. Um, I like to live my life. I haven't, by the way, but I haven't this year. I haven't been to my own farm in a, in a year. Ah, one year, gotta get up uh, there. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> I'm, I have a hankering. My, my mind is hankering to actually do what you guys produce. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's very appealing for me to get my dr- drive two hours away. Yeah, and just stay somewhere. But I don't really want to go and stay. With the greatest respect to these people in a fancy hotel. Yeah, I have no fucking interest. No. You know, like I just am lying up for breakfast at a buffet and all that shit. Like, uh, like that, that's what I
3: do when I'm working. That's mm-hmm. work to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you, you're not going to get the same benefits. And the whole idea
3: is to stay in the cabin on the property. So we don't – like we we actually – finally you mentioned hotels. We actually – the first thing that you'd land on our website back at the beginning was big letters saying this is not a hotel. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted to say it in more colourful language than that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to step it back. But that's – it's the idea is you go there and you stay there. You You don't go and look at the local cafe. You don't go for – local like sites and and watering holes and things yeah it's like not about
0: that. sightseeing and no. typical tourism no, no. It's, it's
3: about being not doing that yeah, yeah and that that cabin is the space that lets you do that in your way yeah whether yeah. it's to go and paint and be creative or whether it's just to sit and think
1: mm-hmm. like we,
3: we try and try and get people to bring it back into their normal lives as well like we yeah. often tell our team we're like go outside and just look at the clouds for a while you know go walk around the block and just sit in the sun like don't don't do shit all the time no Take some time back. It's actually back to basics. Mm -hmm.
0: Like camping is back to basics. To some extent, like sleeping out in the star, under the stars, is pretty cool too. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't think that way. But I think people are starting to move more in that direction. I mean, I think we're, for me anyway, I mean, a lot of people I know are starting to think
2: that way. Yeah. They don't want to stay in a hotel. And I've got a hotel. So, like,
3: I'm not bagging Uh,
0: hotels.
2: (laughs) But, like, yeah. And I think that, that, that change that you're talking about, that people are starting to recognize this and want these sort of things more. That that cultural shift and those trends are, have, have really propelled our business, and it's just sort of it's it's a bit of right place, right time. You know, when do you think it's a trend towards
0: authenticity? Is probably a good word. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Authenticity mm. at the moment is pretty important. Yeah, and there's nothing more authentic than just simple bloody nature, like yeah. cooking and eating and thinking and smelling and, you know, just feeling a breeze on your neck or hot or cold, yeah. um, you know, experience, they're, they're the great experiences. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, we want to experience authenticity. Wow, well, I've carried on enough. Uh, boys,
3: what question do you want to ask me? You got, you got a question for me? Well, we, we had a few, but, but one of them we thought that you could help out with is like obviously it's a good problem to have, but in startups there's obviously tons of ideas and all different things to do and different things popping up all the time we wondered when you were starting out or in the early stages, like did you apply any certain frameworks or how did you kind of think through prioritizing those ideas versus like new ideas versus focusing on where you're going? We've got so many ideas.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, look, I have been through it and I, not only when I started out, but I'm, I'm always in this position. So in my opinion, um, one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made is try and do too many things at once. Mm-hmm. So my Yellowbrick Road business, I try to do a million different things in that, like you know, because I took the view and it was very esoteric. But like, I took the view that every Australian, every Australian deserves good quality financial advice. Okay, so then I tried to build a business around that concept, which meant I had to touch on too many product lines. And yeah. mm-hmm. right now, I've discarded that view. Because I can't do that, and um, I'm just looking at one product, just mortgages. So, and I'm much more successful at just doing one thing really, really well. Yeah. Because I, as much as I wanted to be that person, and it's a big dream, I'm just not geared up for it. I'm I'm not a bank. Um, I haven't been around a hundred years, although sometimes I look like it. I'm um, in around a hundred years, feeling. Um I don't have a balance sheet that's got you know twenty billion dollars sitting in there to be you know pushed out amongst you know, 30,000 staff. Mm. So it's just not possible. And um, so I I think, to answer your question, I think do one thing really, really well. And then once that's up and running, it's got a great rhythm to it, it's profitable, you're at capacity, yeah. then th- consider doing the next thing. That's what I think. Do what you can do really, really well mm. and, and that you know there's a market for. And that you know, and that you know that you can execute for. Mm-hmm. You have the capacity and the capital to execute for. And I mean, when I say capital, I don't mean just money. I mean intellectual capital,
2: yeah.
0: human resource capital. Mm-hmm. You can sort of, like, I could give you today, you know, ten million dollars, and you can go and employ fifty people. But you don't have the capital. You still don't have the capital it takes to do it because you don't have time. Time is a is a large capital item. Yeah. What I mean by this, it takes a long time to be able to execute it. You can have the people, Mm. but it's still going to take you five years to get there. Mm. Mm. So So you don't have the capital of time. So I've tried it. I've done it. I've failed. And therefore, for me, it's about making sure I don't fail for too long. And uh, I mean, I did it for 10 years. I tried that for 10 years. And I eventually sold the business off, the wealth businesses and the advisory business off last year. And I'm putting all my resources now into mortgages and my business is much more profitable, does much better. I'm much happier. Um, my customers are much happier, and I'm, I'm giving everyone a good experience in relation to my business. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's the ideas, they're the dreams. It's good to dream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's great stuff. But maybe you do that when you're in your cabin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're in your office, deliver on what you can do best. Yeah. That's my opinion.
3: Okay. okay. That's, that's opinion.
0: what's worth for me, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But, guys, look, thanks very much. I, I love the idea. I think it's amazingly relevant today like it's ridiculously relevant today mm-hmm. away from the the desk away from all the interruptions and all the stimuli and immerse yourself in a different form of stimuli
2: mm-hmm.
0: and come back with um, feeling just if, if nothing else just come back re-energized and refreshed it's I think it's brilliant I love it all about thanks Thank guys you. thanks nice thanks talking to you cheers
3: yeah. great <laughs> to meet you <laughs>